most important thing for me is those soft skills. It's I want somebody who's friendly, who's going to welcome the customer and fits into my team. Well, if they know what they want, then it's a lot easier to have the conversations. And I still think working with fun people is the best. When I went for my job and it was a sales role, um, I went out and I said, well, I was holding a microphone in Belmont Park in San Diego, shouting at people as they went by, can I guess your age or wait your birthday cake? Culture is a really important part of it because you are going to have to work hard. Like It's a high stress environment, not in the sense that people are screaming in your excitement. face. She means high excitement. Hello and welcome to The Workshop, the podcast where we'll be chatting about all things related to work and working culture in Ireland. I'm your host, Carl Kinsella. This week, we'll be talking about starting out in your working life, graduate jobs and programmes, and what students who have recently finished college can do to ease their way into the working world. Later on in the panel, we're going to be joined by Elva and Anya from Girl Crew to talk about the fun and challenges of working in a startup. But for now, let's meet our first panel. I'm joined by Chris Pay, the General Manager of Jobs.ie, Orla Tony, our Career Advisor from Trinity College Dublin, and Sally Cullen, who is heading up the newly improved graduate training programme for OnPost. Thanks for joining me. Uh, I might uh, first turn to you, Orla, and I'd ask you, how did you get into career guidance and these days, what kind of areas do you cover? The areas I work with at the moment, uh, we uh, work with uh, different schools. So my school is the School of English, School of Languages, uh, the Creative Arts, uh, Theology related, our School of Ecumenics and uh, Theology and the TSM school so the two subject moderatorship so a lot of arts related uh, students and grads yeah and I suppose I would kind of be uh, you know I'd be remiss if I didn't know that there is that old joke that people tell about arts degrees as if they're not also very valuable when it comes to finding uh, work this is obviously not true so I'm sure this is something that you you deal with a lot with your students you know absolutely and the dilemma I suppose for art students is uh, there's rarely a job advertised must have a philosophy degree or must have a film or um, you know music degree so there is a, a communication or education issue actually so the students I often tell them you know think about um that you actually need to tell the employer what you can do because employers often don't understand uh, what arts students can do. So that for me is a key piece. And also... Um, I think once they understand that, um, the the dilemma I suppose for many of them is how they fit in and what jobs can they actually do. Um, but uh, the art students that I work with are super uh, people who are really committed to the courses that they're doing. They're doing the subjects because they love them and they're very committed. And given the scheduling of classes, they've loads of time for obviously uh, work and study in the library, but getting involved in club societies, uh, very vibrant club societies and a lot of campuses across the college or the country and you know Trinity TV film um, film societies you know math socks you know there's whole loads of things they can get involved in and really apply the skills that they're learning to give lots of uh, you know practical um, and demonstrable experiences uh, that are relevant and can talk about them in a language that employers can understand and from the recruitment side of things do you guys see all that sort of experience the kind of extracurricular you know college society thing is the, you know is that can that be very valuable for graduates leaving college yeah extremely valuable I'm certainly for us in on post when you're filling out the application form yes we look at the college degree but we also look for 
evidence of demonstrating four competencies. Uh, the competencies that w- we look for are um, teamwork, quality customer service, problem solving and analysis and building and maintaining relationships and those extracurricular activities or work experience or internships can be a great source of examples of, the, of demonstrating those competencies over and above your degree, your choice of degree. So I might ask you, Chris, then, uh, say, for example, someone is leaving college, they're 22, but for a lot of people, maybe they haven't had a chance to work or at least not work in a, you know, in an office environment so far in their lives. They might have, you know, waiting experience or bartending experience. What can those people do to like flesh out their CV and make themselves look as impressive as possible? Yeah, I think uh, what's interesting. I have an arts degree, so uh, I'm a I'm, 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 an, ad, I'm an advocate <laughs> of them. Um, so I, I I think for for anyone starting out, um, we we see a lot of roles on site, and you need to start thinking about okay, what what have I done? Um, and when I when I think in terms of jobs, uh, like I always tell the story of my one of my jobs in San Diego was I was a guesser and I guessed people's ages, weight or their birthday month. And I had that on my CV when I went for my uh, job in Seon Group, which is uh, the parent company of Jobs.ie. Before we go further, I need to get you to guess my age or my or my weight or my birthday. Yeah, just just to be clear, I had two years on your side. <laughs> 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 Not guess mine. Two years on your side is fine. I wanna... Okay, I, I'll go uh, 29. I'm only 25. <laughs> okay, you get to win one. Yeah, five, like, five. yes. <laughs> uh, so, but but when I went for my job and it was a sales role, um, I went out and I said, well, I was holding a microphone in Belmont Park in San Diego shouting at people as they went by, can I guess your age or weight your birthday cake? And straight away, uh, the Orla Moran, who was um, my manager at the time, was just captivated by it because it was it showed that I had done something outside of the norm um, and it gave her an opportunity to go well listen if this guy can do that he can pick up the phone so I tailored my CV when I was going for a sales role and I put that front front and centre because it was the most relevant experience I had to selling I mean, I even have a similar story myself. When I first applied uh, for a job as a journalist, the only real previous experience I had was writing some press stuff for a, a rap battle company, like like from eight, like the Eminem movie Eight Mile. So but that seemed to play well as well. I thought that was interesting. But of course, can, can I say something oh, actually? Yeah, and it's another story, so oh, uh, we can it, cut yes. it if it doesn't uh, <laughs> cut the mustard. But I had a student, a theology student, and looking at the CV, it was a good CV. And I said, you know, what else do you do? Because I kind of felt there's probably a bit more here. And he. I said, how do you pay your way through college? And he said, oh, I'm a magician. <laughs> he didn't have it on the CV. So yeah. a little bit like your guesser, it was like he had, and it was, he was self-employed, it was his own business, and he was doing corporate work, he was doing all sorts. He did not see the relevance. I think as well it's important for people to realise if you worked in a part-time, part-time in a shop and you were... You, you were dealing with customers it shows that uh, that you're able to do that if you cashed out at the end of the night it shows you're reliable responsible trustworthy so it's not just about oh well I worked in a shop eight hours and I showed up but like did you get extra responsibilities during your year there because if you did that employer saw enough in you to give you that responsibility and you know once you get to interview stage if you can prove that it may not be related directly to that role but if I'm looking for someone trustworthy, reliable, responsible, who was given the keys to the shop at the weekend, they must be all those things. Yeah. And so what what do you think you would you would think, Sally, if you were getting CVs with as far as like someone who's a magician or a guesser, is that the kind of thing that you will see and you'll say, Oh, that actually makes me want to read further on their C V and, and consider this person? Yeah, it's more to do with how they make their 
job experience relevant to what we're looking for so that they don't just put on guesser or you know magician but they link it back to what we're actually looking for so when we're looking for the competency of I don't know teamwork how they how they demonstrated that and how they worked as a team in, in whatever extra thing that they're doing I am um, all like you know building and maintaining relationships I'm sure as a magician they have to you know build and maintain relationships with different corporate managers and, and they get invited back to do the same gigs again because they've done well you know and because they've built a relationship so it's about linking your experience back and looking at what the employer is looking for and trying to provide as much evidence of that as you can yeah so it's important to be like granular and forensic and think not just that i'm a magician but you know how do i break that down to yes, get all yeah. the skills out there what are the other kind of concerns that you see from the the kind of the college students that you deal with uh, the questions the, generally that they come in yeah, with or cv gen- specific oh, generally oh yeah generally yeah, yeah just what are the concerns um well the kinds of things uh that most students and again my bias is on the art side of things which and these concerns might be less likely for the more vocational engineers or business uh, people but not knowing what they're going to be doing next summer is really for a lot of students who have spent a lifetime in education that feels like they're stepping into an abyss it really is for a lot of them quite terrifying for others it's exciting but for the majority it is uh, stress inducing um, what can I do with my degree so that's back to where we were um, a little moment ago um, what what career should I pursue so actually um, a lot of the generalists not knowing where they can go um, engineers don't not wanting to be engineers what else is out there so it often is a question for many uh, disciplines how can I earn enough money to pay my debts or pay for my postgraduate study and um, the kinds of questions then um, just practical ones would be you know is my CV okay yeah so there are a couple of the things that would be regular questions and as far as the sort of modernization of applying for jobs go I'd like to ask you Sally I know on post uh this is the return of the graduate programme after about 10 years. Yep. So what was behind that decision to, to bring that back? Um, well, we got a new a new CEO in um, and he made it one of his priorities was to relaunch the graduate programme, if you like. Um, so we relaunched it in April. We were a bit late coming to market this year. We relaunched in April for a September intake um, and yet he identified bringing in graduates as one of his priorities. So we did that. And was there a lot of sort of... Uh, you know appetite for this do you get a lot of applicants in yeah well like I said considering we were late coming to market we had 11 jobs and we had 500 applicants for those 11 jobs so we were I am you know pleasantly surprised we were hoping to get 10 applicants per job and we far exceeded that I am which I suppose goes to show that for for the 2019 intake because we'll be having a much longer lead in time we're expecting much more applications yeah well 500 for 11 is a lot Chris I, I'd bring you in there and I'd, I'd wonder uh, are there currently in Ireland are there enough jobs to, to meet the, the demand for them or, or you know are there enough jobs out there well, for for graduates, it, it, it's it's definitely improved. Um, you know, if I think back to five or six years ago, for 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 the kids leaving college, it was it was so tough. Like when I left um, UCD in two thousand and early two thousands, uh, it was it it, it was a, a, a bit like now. There was lots of jobs. I had lots of choice. I was on jobs that I I was applying for jobs constantly. And to be honest, I got a lot of interviews and, and I actually had my choice. And I think it is starting to become a bit like that again. 
four, four or five years ago, people were just happy to get a job. And I, and I think I think it's it's better when it's a job seekers market and uh, when they can pick and choose. I think these graduate programs are hugely important. But actually, it's not just about uh, graduates. When we think of first jobs and we're talking about graduates, I think people need to start thinking about that a few years before. We don't put enough weight in this country on apprenticeships. Uh, we're, we're very obsessed with uh, third level education and, and that isn't for everyone. And I think if we take a step back and, and we look at the German model where they would put as much emphasis on training people to be electricians as they would doctors and um, I think we really need to start seeing that more and more so if there aren't enough jobs for graduates it's probably because sometimes people feel I have to go to university when you know get training to be an electrician or a tiler or anything is a skilled trade is just as important just something interested me that you said there Chris as far as like developing or like putting more time and money into training people into you know craft roles and that kind of thing um what uh, actually or like what I'd be curious is when you have someone who comes into you and maybe they've done a degree in economics or English and they're thinking this I, I don't think this is for me maybe I would actually like to pursue something totally different um, what's the advice then well, if they know what they want, then it's a lot easier to have the conversation. So um, I very much start with, well, if you know what you want, let's see how to make it happen. Uh, so doing an analysis of what the what the employers are looking for, what people in the roles are actually doing, doing that um, analysis that you talked about and doing a gap analysis, then seeing what do they have? What do I have in comparison? What's the gap? How can I fill the gap? Is it work experience? Is it maybe a free online course often can, you know, get you over that. Uh, a lot of students do initiate their own projects so they're using those uh, self-initiated projects to evidence you know developing skills so there's a whole myriad of possibilities that sometimes students don't think about to plug that gap to help them make the transition and then the pragmatic um, advice in terms of a CV at the top of it you might want to include a career's objective so you're actually uh, creating the lens through which you wish the employer to read about your life so uh, that uh, is a key piece in how you articulate what you're offering and uh, so it's just the narrative needs to then uh, directly uh, relate to what the employer is looking for so when they read your CV or application they say ah this candidate is somebody we'd like to interview and I would ask on the kind of flip side of that then so say from OnPost's perspective um, what does OnPost do or what did you guys do in reshaping the graduate programme to make it appeal to some because clearly 500 applicants it must have been a very appealing uh, job so what, what went into the thought process there as far as what you you know did to make it look like a job people would want to do yeah well we spoke to some of our ex-graduates um, and found out what what had worked for them what hadn't worked for them what they'd like to see change um, and we also went out and spoke to some other graduate employees as well and found out what worked for them and what maybe didn't work quite so well and one of the key changes we made was I am um, that instead of a graduate coming in and having one role for two years that they would move around so they would still be within their discipline so if you're a marketing graduate you're still going to spend the two years in marketing but instead of being in one area of marketing you will have three rotations we're calling them um, so that they will get a, a more diverse experience if you like within on post I am and I think that was one of the key things and also I am there's an awful lot of I am development going into these graduates as well so we have partnered with the IMI 
and the graduates will be going to IMI for a two-year course and it's kind of a modular um, course so they, they go out for six modules and they will meet other graduates whilst they're, whilst they're out there. We also have a buddy programme in place and a mentoring programme in place and business coaching. All these things really to help the graduate be successful you know, whilst they're with us and to go on to have a successful career hopefully. That sounds great. I might just turn to each of you before we finish and ask you to give maybe one piece of advice for um, a recently graduated student or someone in their final year of college who's, who's looking for uh, looking for work. So I'll, I'll start with you, Chris, and maybe we'll go counterclockwise. Uh, one piece of advice. Um, you've put me on the spot yes, there. Yes, one. Um, the most important <laughs> piece of advice. Do you know what? If I was to give one piece of advice then, it starts with your CV. And uh, you have to get in the door. You need to get that interview to, to really show what you can do. So showcase your skills on that CV I think uh, exactly uh, like we've heard you need to tailor to each job don't don't go in and have uh, one blanket CV and learn a little bit about the company and show that you really want to work for them and why you want to work for them so it starts with the CV so make sure that, that yours is the best it can be Thanks. Sally, what do you think? One piece, one I, piece of advice. Yeah, I'd agree there. And certainly when you're looking at um, application forms is to make sure you complete the application pro- form properly. Uh, like I said, we had 500 applications for 11 jobs and we couldn't forward all of those onto the recruit managers. So us in HR screened out um, a number of applications so we didn't even some of them didn't even get to the hiring manager and we screened out for people who hadn't filled out the application forms properly. They may have left it's blank or they may have sent in a CV instead of an application form so it really is to give you your best chance read the application form find out what the employees are looking for and make sure you give examples of how you can demonstrate each of the things that the um, organisation is looking for and we'll finish with you Um, keep perspective and uh, jobs are always out there so if you are a student uh, you know this year is really keep your health and your focus on your studies Um, you have the rest of your life to find work Uh, if you can balance looking for work maybe you know giving it half an hour a week an hour a week so you feel that you're making a little bit of progress and that can often take a lot of anxiety off just to see those jobs coming in well I think we'll leave it there for now that's it now for our first panel I'd like to thank Orla Tony from Trinity College and Sally Cullen from Unpost for joining us today Chris is actually going to be staying with us for the second part of the show now for something a bit different we took to the streets of Dublin last week to ask people about their first jobs and we got some pretty interesting responses have a listen I first worked part time in an office I was so bad at it and so lazy that when they left the room I would sit on the boxes and read my book for like half an hour at a time because they never really checked up on me. I deliver newspapers. That's a long time ago. My first job was delivering bread for Pat the Baker. Up at, up at four in the morning, you're home by 12. Good way to teach a kid how to get up in the morning and how to function at that hour, do you know what I mean? I worked as a butcher, apprentice, I guess. I got very far away from that career. <laughs> it was awful. Um, I was working in a cafe. Me and I made like one mistake and it was like my, like I'd only been there for like a week and he told me not to come back. I make wood pellets for burners. I got to break it into the back of the head one day. Building labour. Oh no, oh, it was exciting. driving a forklift, yeah. But he should say that he was driving a tractor at the age of six and then he got caught. Oh, I can't tell you about that. No, that was illegal. <laughs> I never, I never did such a thing. Worked at an airport, uh, line, line service, fueling, refueling aircrafts. Uh, right now next door was skydiving place started skydiving at 18 so. so you're like a pro skydiver yeah i'm a tandem instructor as well worked in a hotel i hated it 
Nadalia does not let speak to anyone. We just got in trouble for everything. It was like a five-star hotel, so I didn't like it. It didn't last long. I started from the top and then I ended up at the bottom. I started off being a finance intern at like 17. And then I ended up later on in the year being that person who puts flyers through letterboxes. Does childhood money count? I love that I just am born to kind of look after people and make sure they're okay. Sure, yeah. Well, what do you do now? I work with homeless. I was a security guard at uh, Montreal had Expo 67, a worldwide exposition. So you had to be six feet tall. That was the only qualification wow. for the job. And they uh, put me in a uniform and they paid me $2.47 an hour, which was like a fortune, you know, like yeah. I had to open a bank account because it wasn't the kind of carry around money anymore. Norse and Home. I still work in a Norse and Home. Started there when I was 16. Started off doing like activities and stuff and then uh, I've done like a PLT course on so on the career system. I was a waitress but for like two years but it was kind of shit so I quit. People always made me cry. I cried so much. I'm so bad with like criticism and all like whenever anyone was mean to me I just cry. <laughs> so I'm sensitive so like yeah if you're sensitive don't be a waitress. I was sometimes late and they never really said anything so in my head that translated to I was on flexi time which is what I used to tell people. Uh, I actually got a job. I went for a job uh, around Christmas in Arnott's and I was hoping they put me in the sports section or you know something cool menswear or whatever they put me in the lingerie section I actually met my first girlfriend there some great stories there now Chris we already know about your first job as a professional guesser or at least a semi-pro guesser but we're joined now by uh, Elva Carey and Anya Malloy from Girl Crew so I might ask the girls what what, uh, what were your first jobs uh, babysitting was my first earner uh, off the books cash in hand <laughs> yeah, yeah. hadn't registered with the revenue yeah, uh, yeah. Don't, don't admit we're on air they'll come for that <laughs> but um, so that was great but like did that for various people for years one of them paid me amazing money and I couldn't believe my luck and I got brought off on trips but they also like it was more like a nanny like a part time nanny because they were always there while I was minding the kid they just didn't I, I was basically just like hired to watch Teletubbies with, <laughs> with a two year old um, but I think first like improper employee job was working in a deli in Arkeen in Waterford which is great I mean, I hated it because I had to wear the giant coat and the hat and the hairnet and everything. But I think it was a great learning experience and it's such fun people. And I still think working with fun people is the best. And can you still make a good like chicken fillet roll? <laughs> yes. Still, oh know? my God. I'm so judgy about people who make sandwiches <laughs> not well every time I buy them. I'm like, that chicken doesn't have to be sticking out that far. So I can't just like eat it properly. You can do better. <laughs> and uh, Anya, what about yourself? Uh, well, the first dinner that we ever had, we used to get... Um, like boxes of sweets like penny sweets from the cash and carry um, some of us were allowed to walk into town but the younger cousins weren't so the older ones would walk to town buy the sweets in bulk come back rebag them in smaller bags and sell them at a, at a profit nice, very to our cousins and neighbours that was pretty good <laughs> entrepreneur um, from the get go <laughs> <laughs> but again yeah similar actual proper job well it was still cash in hand on the table um, was God, um, revenue or <laughs> not like, <laughs> yeah, I was waitressing <laughs> yeah similar thing like you see a badly made sandwich is like uh, the other day I got a really bad one made on College Green I was like wow. this is sickener almost threw it in the bin I was like no I need my lunch maybe this is our next business model <laughs> yeah, yeah, training people how to make sandwiches yeah. better I'm just glad I didn't end up in the lingerie department in Arnott's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's like a Father Ted episode yeah. like <laughs> it's over there just take what you want yeah. <laughs> take what you want yeah. sound yeah, yeah. I don't think people would have been happy for you to guess their age or their weight. No, oh my God. Yeah, probably not. I wasn't very good at it anyway. So. But if you were guessing, if people 
people were showing you yeah. like their partners, pictures of their partners or whatever going, can you guess what size they yeah. fit into? It'd be perfect. Yeah, unfortunately, I insulted a lot of people during my guessing <laughs> time, so I probably would have got it wrong and then got them in trouble as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to talk now about Girl Group, which is the company that uh, Anya and Elva are from. So, Elva, why don't you tell us about how Girl Crew uh, came to be? Yes, the infamous Tinder story yes. uh, that I've never recovered from. Um, it was Friday night a few years ago. I wanted to go out dancing and nobody was free. Um so I went on Tinder, changed hmm. my gender to male in the settings, put up a pink text graphic that said, I'm actually a woman, I'm straight, I just really want to go out dancing. Um, and uh, started swiping right on every single woman in Dublin. Um, and I kind of thought maybe three or four people would also swipe right. And I thought if they're crazy enough to do this when it looks sketchy as hell, uh, I think we'll have a laugh. Um, and then there was 100 matches within 24 hours. And uh, I didn't know what to do with 100 women I couldn't message them all back fast enough so I started a Facebook group and just sent everyone the link to that and much to my surprise everybody started joining the Facebook group introducing themselves organized their own event without my involvement within a couple of hours um, and it just started growing from there and ended up getting press coverage people wanted it in other cities um, and I never looked back well I think it's definitely the most success anyone has ever had on Tinder <laughs> in, in I met my long term boyfriend on it as well <laughs> wow, so. oh my god I'm teams. a massive yeah. Tinder fan. Yeah, oh my God. Set up another business teaching people how to yeah. use Tinder properly. And Anya, have you been part of, you been part of Girl Crew since its inception or at what point? Yeah, it was a little bit after it started um, that I actually came across it on Tinder as well and kind of swiped right and met Elva at the first event that I ever went to, um, which is kind of this lovely kind of tea afternoon in Casey Peaches here in Dublin. And you just had a great time and then I was just kind of making some suggestions to Elva on how to make things easier for members and easier for her. Um, so as she said, she could be even further removed <laughs> yeah. the ins and outs of it. And yeah, just kind of came on very informally, just kind of like, you know, to kind of organise things a bit. And then from there we met Elva met our third co-founder Pamela uh, as part of the Web Summit so I think from that point all three of us kind of gelled on the idea of where we could go as a company and also kind of the impact it could make as a company as well and now down the line you know what kind of what place are you guys at how many employees are you have you got are you it's four full-time and three part-time or uh, freelance and is there plans to expand? Are these all based in Dublin or? No. So our developer is in Brazil, but we're hoping we could get him over here eventually. He was recommended by someone we know and we trust them and they're great. And he's been amazing. He's amazing. GA Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> and so as, as far as, you know, future plans, are there any recruitment drives planned? Are you, all, are you looking to take more people on board or? We definitely will be. I think that was one of the things that we've kind of been conscious of is the size of the team. Um, and to be honest, we've managed to pack out a lot of work for yeah. a very small team. And in terms of staff costs, particularly when you're a startup, that's a huge thing that you need to keep an eye on. Um, and it's important for us as well to be doing it, the hiring piece in a way that makes sense to us as a company and things like that. So we've recruited out of our own community. Um, whenever we have had job opportunities, we've always posted them in the community and things like that. Um, so I think as we grow, hopefully, obviously, every company will need to bring on more staff. At the moment, we're just kind of looking to take things to the next 
next level and then looking at where the hiring will be. So as far as the advantages that a startup like yours can present in terms of hiring, obviously you'd look at things like hiring from the community, that sort of personal, intimate feel, like that's an advantage for you guys, you would think. Yeah, I think uh, like something probably really important for all startups is having people on your team who understand like the vision, the values, the direction, like the purpose, the benefits, like and really understand like we refer to them as members I think most tech companies refer to them as users which I think is hmm. gross okay. um, but that they understand what members are getting out of it and how they think about it how they look at it um, and for us like hiring out of the community every those people already know all of that like they've gone through that cycle already and got more involved or been community ambassadors so I think um, like that's perfect for us when there's opportunities for us there to hire from there um, other people you kind of have to you know educate them on the story so far the culture like because I think me and Anya both agree like culture is a really important part of it um because in a startup there's so little maybe there's so little security um so there's lots of excitement but the culture part is really important because you are going to have to work hard and like solve a lot of problems and be really creative so uh, if you understand what you're aligned with I think that's a lot easier to do so say for example now from the perspective of someone who's coming towards the end of their time in college or a recent graduate and they're putting together their CV you've spoken about the vision and the values of Girl Crew so obviously you're looking for people who it's not just they have good grades or you know good grounding in like previous experience they also need to have something about them that differentiates them they understand what you guys are trying to do so you know as far as a CV goes what are you looking for when you pick up a CV what's the best way for someone to communicate to you that they you know understand your guys values values and ethics I think probably seeing some interest in something outside of academia to me would be really important because I don't personally place a huge amount of importance on academia I would see experience um as more valuable um, and I think you can get a lot of experience in you know like societies or things you're volunteering with or you know protests you've been at <laughs> or like just stick in pictures of you at every protest of the last five years <laughs> in Dublin and we'd hire you <laughs> yeah, like that's the kind of thing like that's so valuable because there's got to be people out there who they don't know what to put on their CVs and there's got to be people out there who'll be so thrilled to learn that things like social activism are going to go a long way when it comes to looking for jobs you know so yeah. like I, I don't know like would you guys like I mean that's just kind of the start what else do you guys think would be useful like you know five years of protest is good what else what else can people do <laughs> well I think it's important that this place particularly for me anyway we get a lot of CVs do come into us and we're not really hiring at the moment but a lot of people in particular are looking for internships and placements and kind of get that foot in the door and I would agree with Elva I would I'm more of a fan of formal education I think than other people <laughs> than my peers <laughs> but that's just my personal experience I loved school like loved 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 it loved college so for me it was a positive place and I kind of liked that teacher student interaction of someone is presenting in your rather than learning online um but I would have a similar thing. I would scan through what they've done in college and, exp okay, great, you've graduated, fine, or, or maybe you even haven't. But then I would immediately jump down to what other things have you done? Have you been part of societies? Have you hobbies? Have you done things that show that you're good at working in a team? Or maybe if you're better at working solo, have you created something that you can show off that's impressive there? Do you know if you're a web developer, maybe you've built your own website, maybe you've helped others. So I think it's a lot more moving towards that kind of portfolio piece mm. and not in a technical sense of here's my really impressive 
graphic design portfolio but just more here's me as an entire person and mm-hmm. here's how I can fit into your company really yeah. well I know where your company's going I know what your company wants to do I can bring some fresh ideas to that and here's some examples of how and I think people are really looking for that whole team member do you know we're not really looking for a staff member we're looking for a team member mm-hmm. um, so I think if you can highlight that on your CV it's often much more impactful than being oh I'm a straight A student do you know not to run down straight A students but you know what I mean it's more about the kind of a holistic I guess approach to the person that's been the big shift though isn't it that and it goes the other way as well because it's not only that you're looking for that more rounded person people want to work in that environment now they don't want to come in work nine to five and go home they want to work in an environment that's friendly stress-free where you work it's collaborative it's constructive so it it works both ways now it's it's definitely a positive change anyway I think so I think particularly for us like as a startup and other companies that we know as well like it's a high stress environment not in the sense that people are screaming in your face she means high excitement (laughs) well just in that you've got short deadlines to produce the project that you're working on oftentimes with limited resources so you need people who are creative they're problem solvers they can think on their feet but there's also that element of attention to detail um, and for me that's something that I and Elva and other people on our team thrive under um, and obviously there's other jobs that are slightly different but it, I think if you're looking for people that are going to be moving particularly into tech jobs you're looking for people that are quick thinkers mm-hmm. um, people that are problem solvers and it's definitely that case of yes let's you know jump in and solve this problem together Great and Chris from the Jobstarter perspective do you think the sort of advent of uh, companies like Girl Crew where there's such a premium placed on you know being a like you know committing to the values of a company do you think that puts pressure on bigger corporations that maybe don't have the same kind of values and ethics? Uh, I I think it's, it shows the shift from where the job seeker wants to be. Um, but I think a lot of bigger corporations, to be fair, have moved in that direction as well. Like I've seen, I've been in Seon Group at the parent company Jobs Today for, for nearly 12 years. And uh, we've changed hugely as a business, you know, uh, where we, we promote everything. Uh, but I, a funny story, we were down our local coffee shop, The Art of Coffee, lovely mm-hmm. um, they, they use us to, to recruit their staff and I, I met the owner recently and I was asking him you know what's the most important how much years experience do you want as a barista and he said I actually don't care the most important thing for me is those soft skills it's I want somebody who's friendly who's going to welcome the customer and fits into my team he actually was like I can train anyone to do anything but they have to fit in. So it's just a cultural shift and it's it's a positive one. Yeah, and I'd imagine skills like that are especially important at Girl Crew, given that, you know, the kind of, um, I don't know what you call it, but the whole uh, impetus behind the business is so, it's, it's quite a social movement, you know, like the idea that, you know, it creates maybe a safer space for women and that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, and uh, so you're obviously, you're looking for people who are going to, totally embody that that um I don't know about totally embodying it because even for me personally like part of the reason I was like oh my god what do I do with 100 people is was because I didn't want to go on a night out with 100 people I wanted to go on a night out with like four or five people so I think like Girl Crew kind of has so many facets to it now like from kind of the advice and topic groups we have to the actual social focus stuff to just sharing information um that like you don't have to want to go out every Saturday or go hiking every Sunday at 6am I think kind of any type of person fits in and the the job itself is quite different I, I think the team and the work we do 
like it's aligned with what the purpose of the app is but it's not that like inside our office it's still a tech company yeah yeah. Yeah. and is there anything you do like within uh the tech company like that you know as employers or whatever that you do to make the atmosphere brighter or like you know sort of more conforming to the uh one of my friends aaron kennedy gave us a present of uh bunting from tesco so we have that hanging up in the window so (laughs) i think that's that's made it cheery that's pretty colorful no i think like it's not like the (laughs) vanity bunting from the pope no no nice colorful ones but um i think we we have had a focus like since before we hired anyone like even when it was just me Anya and Pamela I think but it was our our, our first month being full-time at it uh I think we decided like even at that point like we had to celebrate wins and pat people on the back for wins because it's such an intense uh way to work being part of a startup you're trying to build something so big that's so exciting but it can also be really difficult when things go wrong or challenges are really difficult um so we kind of every couple of months we pick out a person and we have a surprise party for them um for something they did that was good and it might be something really normal um but like we sort of celebrate and everybody sits down we have cake and tea or prosecco or whatever um so we do that and i think that's good because i think like you know it's not like huge financial reward being part of a startup so i think um you know having a nice time and feeling valued and feeling appreciated and feeling like the work you're doing is recognized is a really important um part of 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 everyone being able to keep giving because I think and I think we've done I think me and Anya and Pamela have done that for each other as well as for people who are employees so I would actually just ask the whole panel now you know we're all people who have you know we're we're not of uh, graduate job age anymore but what I would ask is you know having been through say the stress of, of what you do Chris or the stress of having to start you know put your all into a new startup what's the key thing for young people to keep in perspective when they enter the workforce and say for example they're part of a startup like you say there is high excitement also high stress what is important for people to keep in mind in those early stages of their working life well from my side uh, I went into into the company as a graduate I was 22 um, and uh, from day one I would say it's about working hard and um, you know you can kind of go anywhere if you if you if you put your mind to something um, and that's the same whether it's in a startup I think it, it must be amazing to get in on the ground with a startup uh, like to to feel that passion and, and probably feel almost like you're part owner because there's so few of you doing such a such a big job together and I, I find it really interesting that you're saying you know we've tight deadlines but it must feel absolutely amazing to hit those as a small team and, and get together and celebrate it I like the idea of Prosecco I think that's something I might bring to job study I think that would be uh, very popular so uh, I think I think it's just work hard don't don't go in and expect the world you have to learn um, you know you've got 40 50 years of work ahead of you unless you win the lotto so you know get in there and learn and, and work hard and your, the rewards will come what about you guys what do you think that what would you tell you I would definitely agree with the work hard thing I think a work a good work ethic is incredibly important I think it's also important to be flexible if you really want to advance in your career think about other projects that you can get involved in like there's lots of graduate schemes where people are looking for 
help in other projects that are totally outside of your department I think if you have the time or maybe if you're like mm, do I have the time do just jump in and see where you can get involved and I ended up doing an events internship prior to moving into my first full-time job I'd never even considered events and it's actually one of the things I absolutely love doing love hosting them run loving them um, and it's just kind of that thing of if I hadn't taken that internship it's it, like it wasn't the internship that I applied for um, it was just the one that I got but if I hadn't taken that I wouldn't have known that and I wouldn't have acquired a skill set for, for that um, so I think it's important to work hard and be flexible definitely and we'll give the closing word to you Eva what, what would you say to someone who's mm. just leaving college and trying to deal with the stress of just starting in the working world I think know what you want out of a job like know like one of my things I realised a couple of years out of college was um, what makes me happy is having a cup of tea, having time to watch YouTube videos with my friends, like all this really basic stuff is the stuff that makes me happiest. And I think like, don't just work towards some really ambitious career goal unless uh, it aligns with what your own interests and what makes you happy and what you want out of your life overall are. Because I think uh, when you're when you're kind of reflective enough to know what those things are that make you happy, that you enjoy doing at work whatever um you can chase those things and i think uh, i think you're more likely to uh be successful in going after a career that you know aligns with who you are what makes you happy and what you want well i think that's a very nice note to end it on that's it for our third episode of the workshop brought to you by jobs.ie thank you again for joining us huge thanks to our panelists orla tony from trinity college dublin sally cullen from on post anya malloy and elva carry from girl crew and chris pay the general manager at jobs.ie i also want to give a big shout out to shane dempsey on sound and my producer emer o'grady i've been carl kinsella and we'll see you next time in the workshop you're listening to the workshop brought to you by jobs.ie